welcome to the Virginia Eats and Drinks podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Evans-Hilton. I invite you to grab it, eat, grab a drink, and get ready to think. Our podcast is a compliment to the Virginia Eats and Drinks show, heard Fridays from 6 until 7 on air on AM 790 WNIS in Coastal Virginia and broadcast everywhere online at WNIS.com. And tonight, my guest is my good friend, Matthew Meyer of Williamsburg Winery. With more than 40 acres of vineyards, a bountiful on-site garden, a hotel, and two restaurants, the Williamsburg Winery is more than a winery. It's a wine and culinary destination. And Matthew, how are you doing tonight? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's true. My gosh, there's... I mean, I've been going to Williamsburg Winery... Wow. I mean... More more than two decades, I know that you know, and and it really is amazing what uh, what everything's grown into, isn't it? It is. We've made a lot of changes, grown a lot. We're now at, I think, actually we're at fifty acres. Wow. Of, okay. Of vines. We we're planting a lot. Yeah. Every year, yeah. I keep planting more and more. Yeah, but I, I remember, you know, when um, when the hotel opened, you know, and um, you know, gosh, I mean, it's just, it's really, it really is a wine and culinary destination, isn't it? That's what we're shooting for, you know. As it says on on every cork, enjoy life. Yes. Uh, so that's our that's really our motto. And it doesn't suck when you have a glass of wine in your hand, does it? I mean, yeah. It's easier uh, to enjoy life with a glass of bubbles in your hand. Hell yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> right. Well, you know, um, one of the things I want to, to have you do is, you know, so many folks, you know, number one, I think that, you know, so many folks are afraid that there's all these rules about drinking a glass of wine when really it's just, you know, you you enjoy the glass. But there are certain guidelines, aren't there, to really make sure that you get the most out of that glass of wine? There are, and they are just guidelines. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, I refuse to drink champagne or bubbles out of a flute. Yeah. I just use a a, a white wine glass, and that's what we're doing right now. Yes, and I'm, I've been preaching this for years. Um, and this, I, I wouldn't say it's because of me, but there are other people. Uh, a big CEO of one of the big negotiants in Champagne just came out with an article saying, you know, don't drink out of flutes. Yeah, you don't get the full appreciation. Yes, uh, and the flute relatively is a new, uh, it's a new invention. Yeah, and it's really for the bubbles, but not for the whole feel of it you know and then there's burgundy glasses and bordeaux glasses and mm-hmm. sherry glasses and pour you know i just i'll drink out of a paper cup if i have heck to. yeah <laughs> I, I think i think about that scene with miles near the end of uh sideways you know where he's having the burger and he's finally mm-hmm. decided to open that prize bottle of wine and he's drinking it out of a fast food cup you yeah. know but yeah, you know happens. yeah it does happen it does happen so um, you know, one of the things I'd like for you to for, to do with us is to kind of have a little wine tasting. Uh, you brought three beautiful, beautiful wines uh, with you tonight. I think I've enjoyed. I think I've enjoyed all of these actually, and and so you know, folks, we're going to be posting online you know the the list of the wines and also the tasting notes so that you can go and you can get these wines as well and then you can because this is a podcast you will be able to go you can download it now you can refer back to it later and you can actually go through with us with the wine tasting and uh you know if you are in virginia if you've not been to the williamsburg winery like i said it is an outstanding place to go you can even stay overnight uh, but it's you know i would recommend that you go of course if you're also in virginia you can ask your local abc uh store about purchasing these wines if not then you know we're going to be mentioning the varietals that they are if you're not in the area uh and then you could certainly you know at least get an appreciation for some of the uh, nuances of that particular varietal. Mm-hmm. Although some of them, like the Viognier, obviously, if somebody's out getting a California or a French Viognier, it's going to be very different than a Virginia expression. But still, you know. Yeah, if they want the if they want a good one, they should probably go for the Virginia one. Yes. Uh, oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I mean, no, I preach, I preach that. I preach, I preach that for sure. Absolutely. So first, tell us about this sparkling that we're drinking. What's the name of it? And and tell us just a little bit about it. Okay. So it's a, a blanc de blanc. So it's a hundred percent chardonnay. Um, we uh, use a custom crush facility. I don't have the equipment to make a sparkling wine. Uh, I personally believe that, you know, e- either make still wine or sparkling wine. 
uh, but we wanted one, and I've wanted one for a long time. Yes. So we work with the Virginia Sparkling Company, which yes. is an offshoot of Veritas. Yes. Uh, and those guys are great. Um, and I'm now starting to make my own base wine. Okay, good. Which then we take up to them, and then we do the dosage, and they do all of the, the riddling and the triage, and everything is done there, yes. and then we bring it back. This one uh, was, we kind of put to our specifications. I got 100% Chardonnay, Virginia. I think... Uh, and that's what the Blanc de Blanc refers to. Yes, it is 100% Chardonnay. Yes. And uh, I believe it's five grams a liter, so it is very dry. Yes, I, mean, I love it. It would be extra brute. Yeah. And I, I, the really the great thing about this is that it sees two years on the lees mm-hmm. in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I wouldn't say rare for the United States, but a lot of people just do one year. Yeah. Uh, to have do it two years is it, better. Uh, I, the next one, I'm going to have them do three years Okay. Okay. on the lees. You know, if you compare that to champagne, you know, you see some of these people doing, you know, five to seven years. Yes, yes, and, yes. And it's like. Maybe that's why they're, you know, the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe that's why they get the capital C yeah, and not yeah. the little <laughs> lowercase c, right? But this is – I'm really, really happy with this. I think it's – I think we'll see more sparkling wines in Virginia, and you'll see quality just going through the roof. Yeah. I don't we, – we'll be able to compete. This is as good as any California sparkling wine. No, I, I agree. I you agree. Know, if you uh, – on a – Umbrella, like if you're just looking at a, a overall, no, there's no, really I, no, nothing. Yeah. There, there, and I've had some great, great sparkling wines from Virginia. Yes. They're oh really no, amazing. I mean it's really and it's really amazing how many uh, more there are now. You know, too, it mm-hmm. does seem like so many wineries are doing them, and you know, um, and I think that there is just such a, a better appreciation for it now and also a better appreciation that it is really can can be an everyday wine uh you know or almost everyday wine you don't have to hold you know a sparkling wine for a birthday or an anniversary anymore you know it's wednesday and you want it right yeah, it's wednesday three or, o'clock and you yeah want it. <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah. that's right or you know you're having a barbecue and mm-hmm. you know um or you're you know anything anything people don't realize how that champagne goes with everything. Yes, with yes. with food wise, it doesn't it's the matter. Universal and, donor. And if you have, if you're having, let's say, six people or eight people, and everybody's ordering something different from the menu, mm-hmm. it's really hard to pick a wine that's going to be, you know, for red, you got Pinot Noir, and then got sparkling or champagne. Absolutely, we'll cover you for everything. That's right. Uh, so I, I uh, Elaine and I, we consume a. a <laughs> and Elaine's your, Elaine is your wife. Yes. yes. And so we do a lot of champagne. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, it's, yeah. I think it's changing. I think how people can, are. How can you be depressed when you've got a glass of bubbles in your hand? Yeah. You know? It's, 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 the, very hard. it's the original antidepressant, <laughs> yeah. I think, right? <laughs> it's true. I've it seen stars, true. right? I'm drinking stars, drinking stars, right? Yeah. Exactly. But it's. I, I do. I, I, I love them. It's. I've always said I don't have a really a favorite anything. Yeah, no. But no. if somebody really forced me to, like at gunpoint, say, "Well, you got to pick something," it, it would just be well for wine to be champagne. Oh, that yes. would be like my desert island. Yes. You can only have one kind of thing. I'd be like, "Yeah, just." It, I really wouldn't even think about it very long. In fact, I wouldn't mind being on a desert island with nothing. But but unlimited champagne. supply. Champagne. That's all you can drink. <laughs> just there's a there's a there's yeah. a plane that drops drops a yeah. case off every day via parachute, and yeah, yeah, no, that wouldn't suck at all. No. and there's so many different styles, uh, areas, and it's not just the champagnes. I mean, you have the sparkling wines, the cavas. All, yep. you know, yep. Prosecco. Proseccos. If, mm-hmm. if they're dry enough, I'll drink the proseccos. Are quite lovely. That's right. Uh, so really, everywhere they're making them and because you pick earlier you don't get the grapes as ripe yeah so like in virginia you know we pick early so you have a tendency to beat the the fall rains Mm -hmm. and that's really and and virginia has the natural higher acidity uh, so it's really perfect for yes sparkling production and that's why i think you're seeing more and more sparkling wines coming out of virginia and doing really well well, let's move on to another wine here. What are you going to pour next, Matthew? You've got some wonderful choices well, here. we've got a few. We have uh, Viognier, and this is – it's Virginia Viognier. This particular one we brought is limited-release Monticello, and it's um, done in stainless steel. 
Mm. Single oh, vineyard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, from in the Monticello AVA. And it's, you know, we do, I do several different Viognier's. Well, we do the stainless steel, just the Virginia Viognier. And then we do the Wessex 100 Viognier. Mm-hmm. And then we do uh, this limited release every once in a while. Yes. So the, that was painful. The, this one, we wanted to showcase a, I hope they got that sound of the pouring on tape, yeah, because that's good. I'll, I'll do it closer to the mic next time. <laughs> and Drew, if you want to get another paper cup for you. <laughs> so the idea is with the stainless steel, you want to just kind of preserve the 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 real the essence of the the Viognier. You're mm-hmm. not you're not masking it with anything. You want to retain that acidity, that brightness. You know, we've always said when I was in college, when we were talk about Viognier's, we would say, you know, it if it reminds you of your grandmother's pineapple upside down cake, then mm-hmm. it's then it's a good Viognier. Yeah, because we got that from my the, grandmother made the best pineapple. A fucking amazing <laughs> pineapple upside yeah, down yeah. cake. I don't. I don't think people. I don't see pineapples like I think that was it's it's kind of going away as a as a dessert. Hope, they say everything is cyclical. I hope it comes, it comes back. back yeah. yeah. But you have that fresh that bright tropical fruit. And then behind that you get these really lovely like from the cake part with that yeasty creamy vanilla mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. So what makes to me these wines Virginia intriguing is that combination of that you have the bright fruit that tropical where you get the brightness and that lovely fresh countered with this creamy yeasty vanillas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know cake that which is just a wonderful combination well which, for folks that are listening at home if they've poured this viognier and they're holding it up what color should they be looking for uh what, what do you see there a very very light straw yeah, that's that's a beautiful color. Yeah, it's, I don't like them to be white. Like some yeah. wines are just white. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't like. I like them to have a. There should be a hue, a hue I of agree. some kind. I agree. I, I just agree. like saying that hue. Hue. It's a funny <laughs> word. <laughs> it's a hue, but it is. I, I like the. You know, it just gives it some a little something. Uh, and folks, that what you hear here is me swirling the glass around, getting a little bit of air in it. So, so Matthew, if they do this at home and they pick it up to their nose, what what are they what are they picking up on the on their nose? What are you picking well, up? You get. I start with. There's actually a little bit of the tropical, but mm-hmm. in that pineapple, but there's also a little bit of banana, yeah, and some herb, herbal freshness. I definitely get like even a little bit of grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. yeah. And that vanilla, but the vanilla is a very creamy, uh, like oh, fresh vanilla, almost like a cream soda. Hmm, mm, that's so pretty. So I'm going to swirl it again, folks, and then I'm going to take just a little sip, hold it on my palate a second. So swirling, just for anybody, why do we swirl? It really <clears throat> it puts a lot of oxygen into the wine quickly which releases aromatics mm-hmm. so you can smell so uh like kevin zarelli who mm-hmm. i've met kevin zarelli from yes. windows on the world and he yes. has his books and all this crazy stuff he would put his palm over the glass and swirl and then ah. lift his palm out and it if you do that you actually do get a more a, more a bigger blast yeah I, um, so I, he I, teaches that in his, his famous uh classes in new york where you know if you want to really uh get a a burst uh, but it's all about getting oxygen to it we call it releasing ester release yes. the esters or release the hounds uh, and, and not not an ester from sanford and son <laughs> no, either no. i'm going to get the you sucker yes yes yeah we we actually call it violating ester but that would be uh, oh goodness yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's another show for another, <laughs> another topic yeah, yeah. we can talk about a lot on a podcast but we probably should go there <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but um so what are we what are we picking up on the the palate here from that first sip Mm. I think I get this lovely. Uh, it goes into like almost the berry aspect, like strawberries, mm-hmm. but very fresh fruit. 
all kind of coated uh, with a creamy. Yeah. Uh, and there's a little bit of stone fruits and apples too, I think, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of fruits that come into play. A lot of tropical. Um, you get some of like the kiwis and the that other green. Almost get like a green plum. Yeah. 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 So, Talking about the stone mm-hmm. fruit, but almost like a little bit of plum. It's just a little underripe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then it goes, and then it has a finish where you get that really a fuller creaminess, which I, it's hard to explain given that there is that, that the acidity, but as it finishes, it just sort of coats. It does. And it, does no. it lasts a long, so you have the finish. It kind of goes on for a while. So... I think it makes a really good food wine. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I like. I think all of my wines are really. I think about food a lot when mm-hmm. I'm making wine, and I think it's important to have that that what's wine one, and food. What's one or two things you would pair with this particularly? Another glass. Yes. Or, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I think so. All of my whites, I can say this about all of them because we'll get back to this. But yes. if it creeps or crawls out of the Chesapeake Bay, it's going to go yeah. well yeah. with a Viognier. Yeah, I think Viogniers do also well with, um, you know, when you make an uh, like an arugula salad with mm-hmm. fresh fruits in it, and, yes, and feta Maybe cheese, some strawberries, yes, and just lemon feta. and olive oil, just something yeah. really light. Yeah, it goes really well. Maybe uh, throw some, in a couple of grilled shrimp. Yeah, yeah, shrimp would be perfect. Yeah, uh, you have. The hard cheeses, you know, some mm-hmm. of your your white hard cheeses are kind of mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, it's and up he, to the person. I think if if you know what they're doing. I think you know in the daytime, if you had you know the right sandwich, you know, just yeah. bread and this, yeah. nothing like over the top. I yeah. mean, not like a hamburger, but just a clean, like a, nice like turkey. a turkey and brie yeah, with some lingonberry or something yeah, yeah. along those lines. I think this, you know, there's. Um, Particularly with it being stainless and all, I could even see this with some spicier foods mm-hmm. too. You know, I, I could really enjoy this with some Mexican dishes as long as they didn't have a heavy, heavy sauce on them or something. Right, something with Viognier, I think it's a clean, not yes. over complicated, yes. overproduced yes. foods, but something uh, simple like even you know uh, truffle pasta, just pasta with butter and yeah. truffle. That's yeah. it, nothing else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Something again that's clean, and then you know for that heat, throw on a couple Next pepper time flakes. Come, you need to bring some of that, that truffle <laughs> pasta with you, and we'll try it out. Right? <laughs> yeah. Sprinkle on some popper flakes, and then you've got a little bit of heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the creaminess of the Viognier and that the way it coats—excuse me—definitely cheers to you. <laughs> has a it 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 lends itself to cleansing your palate and wanting more. Yes. Yes. Well, what are we going to try next here? Well, I think I'm going to do the Albarino. I love Albarino. And that's really a wine that has really started to come into its own in Virginia, isn't it? I I honestly don't know. Um, I know I love it. There's just a couple of us doing it. I think we're the only ones that have it in, in distribution. Yeah, it's not widely, but but I do hear more people talking about it. it I seems. think it's going to be it, – it does very, very well in Virginia. Yeah. And this is – I've had some – Spaniards and Portuguese tell me that this is actually uh, really like well done. The you know, that it's very similar to them. And my wife and I, we go to Portugal a lot, and I love Portugal. Drink there. Oh, I'm going to get this. There we go. There we go. That's a nice little sound. Um. So it was an interesting story to get to get to the Albarino. Is I was contacted by. NASA, and they said they had some research scientists wanting to to do a project. Would I be a consultant? Absolutely. That would be cool. Yeah. Their project was taking Virginia and mapping it meter by meter uh, with all using all many different satellites from NASA to do ambient temperature, evaporation, ground temperature, humidity, slope, all these different Mm. uh, climatic variances. So we had all this data. I said, we, they, I really didn't do anything. I got to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I supported them wholeheartedly. Uh, That's right. Uh, but so we had all this data. Was like, so you okay. didn't get to wear a space suit. No, I didn't. Damn. But I thought I still get to, I still got to work with NASA scientists. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's cool. It cool. looks good on a resume. Yeah. So you have all this data. It's like, well, who cares? Well, big deal. 
I could tell you that Virginia's hot in the summer and it gets kind of cool in the winter and Charlottesville might snow. I mean, got a rough mm-hmm. idea. So the idea was they said, okay, well, let's find out. Now, this is broad. I'm talking broad mm-hmm. level, like big umbrella. When they put in the, the whole, you know, all the information, say, what are we closest to? Uh, it was northern Spain, believe it or oh, not. Wow. So I was a big fan of Albarino, and I've, mm. I've been drinking and collecting Spanish wines for 30, 40 years. Yeah. I started when I was like 10, so you got to understand. <laughs> uh, the, uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to plant Albarino. Yes. And I did some research, and I think it turned out really, really uh, well. And it's got a similar hue to yeah, the, <laughs> to the yeah, Viognier, yeah, a very nice light straw. Yeah. They really all have the same hue. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, I, which I like. What are we What are we picking up here on the nose when we swirl that bad boy? Oh, it's so pretty. Well, the first thing it does is the minerality to mm-hmm. it. You get mm-hmm. this really, like this uh, limestone chalky mm-hmm. minerality with the hard fruits. Uh, but the, maybe like after the limestone has been rained on or something, even mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's a very fresh. Yeah, it's so fresh. Mm-hmm. And then this is when you get more of the the flowers. And the I started to say I get jasmine yeah. right away. Yeah, big, yeah. very floral uh, with the fruits and the minerality, oh. and it cu- it just finishes so. This clean. needs to be a perfume. Yeah. <laughs> it makes a great. Yeah. I kind of would worry about the type of person you might attract, though, if you smell like a bottle of wine. <laughs> oh, I think you'd attract the right person. You might. You <laughs> might. Depends on what part of town you are in. <laughs> and what wine it smells like. <laughs> so what are we picking up here on the palate? Because this is so beautiful. Again, I think the what's really nice about it is that the, the palate and the nose are very complimentary. I agree. No, I totally agree. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's very Cohesive, like because some you wines smell is, is completely you, oh, yeah, different. Be, yeah, but this, but this, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. What yeah. you smell is what you taste. It's, and I really like that about it. And this, I love is, that little chalky. Yeah, yeah, this is why. If oysters, yes, oh, Chesapeake God, yes. Bay oysters, oh, yes. and this is you. It's so easy to, you know, you some we, crab imperial, even yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, any, flounder stuff with crab, maybe anything. Yeah. It's really meant for, I think, well, I should say meant for, it does really well with seafood. Yes. But mussels, clams, oysters, yes. uh, rockfish. Yes. Uh, we, were, we were just in Maine recently, and this would be so nice with, with a nice lobster, mm-hmm. you know, too. Yeah. But it's that minerality and that chalkiness that just, it hits, especially uh, Big Island aquaculture. Yes. We love their oysters. Oh, God, the Bruce, voice, the voice, Bruce, yes, Bruce, yes, Bruce Lloyd. Oh, one of my Kathy. favorite people, yes. Yeah, so I've actually, I made a wine specifically for them uh, one time, the Midsummer Night's White. Yes, but this Albarino, I love that. that yeah, it's Midsummer fun. It is a very a fun, fun wine, yeah. yes. That's what happens when an oysterman and a winemaker get together it's and drink. delicious, yes, <laughs> yes. But I like the, I like, with oysters, I really, that's, one of the best pairings is the Albarino with an oyster yeah. from the Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. Well, this is one of the prettiest expressions of Albarinos I can remember in recent times, too. It really is. Yeah, I think it's going to, I think Virginia will see more. I just planted an additional three more acres. Uh, so I, I, I would like to keep planting Albarino or encouraging not, other people to plant well, albarino. I'm not discouraging them. No, I'm, sure. no, I'm going to keep going with <laughs> the albarino. Us. Mm. What do we have next over here in the lineup? And folks, again, be sure to look because we're going to have all these tasting notes. We're going to have all kinds of great information uh, for you so that you can enjoy these as well at home. Okay. Sauvignon Blanc? Oh, yeah. Again, uh, stainless steel mm. uh, to... Keep Boy, the, if there's a summer wine in my mind, you know, this is, this is it. Now, oh, I love that. Beautiful. This, okay, so with Sauvignon Blanc, I have to be honest, is I don't, I'm not really a big fan of 
No, I don't mean to pick on New Zealand. I've no, got no, some no. friends of New Zealand. I'm right there. Uh, they're, they're wonderful people. I just don't really appreciate. If I wanted to eat an overripe grapefruit, I would eat an overripe grapefruit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And cat yeah. pee. I don't, yeah. don't. I don't like it. Uh, no, no. I'm not into that anymore either. No. no. And it's a and it's a style that some people really like, but I prefer the more uh, old world style. Definitely. And I think that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah, well, with that's this what's one. beautiful about all your wines is they definitely uh, lean more old world than, than the new world. And oh, that's and I one was, thing I love. When I was in Napa making wine, people would say that I made an old world style yeah. French or old world. And I was like, I was yeah. okay with it. Um, I, pref- I think, which also drew me to Virginia a little bit because I don't think there's anywhere on the planet that combines the old world and the new world styles together so well. Well, I mean, yes. we are Virginia after yeah. all. I mean, that's that's what that's really basically what it all's where yeah. it all started too mm-hmm. as our mindset here, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think you know, so we can do some we have some pretty big wines with Petit Verdot and Tanat. Yes. And, I do love know, Petit Verdot, yeah. So I think but they tend to be a little bit more toned down, a little bit more food yes. friendly, not as high alcohol, uh, but big. We can get the tannins. Mm-hmm. We also have the acidity to back up a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, for aging. So I really think that that's one thing. You know, I like old world wines. I like new world wines. Most of my collection is probably old world. Uh, but I appreciate the. I mean, I made wine in Napa, so I mean, I, I appreciate it. Oh no, it. no, yeah, we we own a little place in California, so I, I love going to mm-hmm. Temecula. I love going to Russian River Valley, Sonoma, Napa, all of those. You know, mm-hmm. San Inez. You know, there's love, love it all. But no, I, I definitely lean this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it shows with this. Uh, I think Sauvignon Blanc's another one. Um, and Emily Pelton from Veritas, I'd mm-hmm. have to give her a shout out because she really has done a lot of research mm-hmm. with Sauvignon Blanc, and she's really uh, a lot. Um, she deserves a lot of credit for, I think, some of the the success of Sauvignon Blanc uh, behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Wow! So, t- so it's a similar color to the others. It's a beautiful light straw. What are we What are we smelling here when we swirl this thing and we stick our schnoz right down <laughs> in the glass there? Oh. Mm. Goodness, was that on air? <laughs> well, I think it's you know it's that typical old Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. You have the you have Definitely. the grass, but it's muted. You you do get the not you know the grapefruit, but it leans more to other citrus fruits. Well, I started to not say so much. It's almost like a Meyer lemon. Yeah, you, you know? get the they get more of that mm-hmm. lemon uh, fresh citrus fruits, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just a hint of the grapefruit. Uh, which is okay. It's not. It's yeah. not. The, it's not the predominant. Maybe even clementines. And, and then you get that lemongrass kind of freshness. Mm. That's so pretty. Now, what are we? Ta- what are we tasting here? Because uh, to me, this also the the taste very very similarly falls in line with what we're smelling. Yes, I think right off the bat is you get the brightness, and you get the fruits, and you get the 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 tangerines that. Lemon, tangerine, Meyer yeah. lemon. Yeah, you get that, and then it goes into that a little bit of that grassiness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. straw, mm-hmm. and then just kind of gently goes away. But yeah. the finish, I think, is uh, refreshing, very clean. Yes, no gosh. It, it yes. begs you want you want another one. So one of my biggest things as a winemaker is I, you know, awards are great. And honestly, you know, if Robert Parker gave me 100 points, I would definitely celebrate. Sure. But my real why I do it is I get more joy when I see somebody having my wine. Oh, yeah. And they say, I want another glass. Yes. Or I want another bottle. Well, I want another glass. Yeah. Because well, it means it tells me that I have hit all the notes I, that they, no, of I agree. all the hundreds of choices they have mm-hmm. at a restaurant. Or wherever they they're like no, because about how many times have you been at a restaurant? You've had a glass of wine. You're like no, that was really nice, but well, let me let me see the menu again. I want, that's right. I mean, there wasn't nothing wrong with it. No, but it just didn't really that time in your life for that day that moment didn't hit you. Where that's why uh, I increasingly buy wine by the glass and not just a bottle. You know, too, mm-hmm. is especially especially if I'm trying something new. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, you never know. But when someone says, "Oh, I'll have another bottle," or "I'll have another glass," that that's really makes me happy and i think that's where 
we shine here is that it's hard to have some like i wouldn't want to have you know i'll have a glass of new zealand Sauvignon blanc if i was forced but i would never go back and get another one you know in the yeah. summertime i'm not going to drink a huge napa cab i'll drink the first glass you know i'll be like okay but i, I want something else no i agree you, you, and, and there's a time and a place for those new zealand new mm-hmm. zealand uh you know Sauvignon boss but no no i totally agree they are um, for me, just uh, they they overpower too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're even, very aggressive. They are, you know, it kind of blows my palate out. I'm a super taster, so for me, you know, it just once I have one of those glasses, it's like, well, that's it. Yeah, nap that's time. That's it. I, I say I would I would rather be kissed than punched. So I don't I don't I don't want to be punched by my wine. No, uh, no, I want to be kissed I by it and and enjoy it. And, and you're right. It's nothing against that 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 style or anything at all. And if somebody enjoys it, that's the beautiful thing about wine is, you know, and of course, I know we mutually have a friend, Frank Morgan, you know, mm-hmm. and his blog's name is Drink What You Like. Yeah. And that's really what it should be. But, you know, but if you are looking for certain things, there are certain truisms in wine, too. It's just it's just like anything that's an agricultural product, you know, mm-hmm. uh, although it's a very beautiful agricultural product compared to, say, a rutabaga. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know <laughs> carrots have their place. Carrots have their place, but not in, my, not in a glass that I'm going to enjoy or something. So I'm so excited. I've had this last one here. I'm so excited about tasting it again. This I will, is, I'm really happy with this. This is the, the Wessex 100 Dry Rosé. So, yes. We have our let's see, Albarino and this are the Wessex Hundred series. You can't see it at home, but but we will have photos. Yeah, it's uh, Wessex Hundred, so it means everything was it on grown on the estate. Yes. So this is oh, this has a story beautiful behind this. Color. So Elena is in in does all the sales yes. for the company, and we. We like Provence, and we like the Provence rosés, but she was very adamant with me on, on, on the color, and she paid a big part of, like, making sure that I got the color just right because we we take the inspiration of Provence, just mm-hmm. that inspiration of getting the color and getting the nuances just right, but we're Virginia, mm-hmm. so it, it has to have – it has to be Virginia, so – you look to Provence's inspiration. You get the color. You get try to get the complexities. But I made it a, on the palate and on the nose. It's a little bigger than a Provence because we're a little bit warm. We have these really hot days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, and I and I think that some of the rosés were getting too weak. Very, very light. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, some it of them... Couldn't sp- really even taste much. No, no, I mean, almost to the point of where they might as well just be a white wine, you know, it's kind of, yes. yeah. So so describe the color to us, because this is gorgeous here. So this is, it's got that orange rose. Yeah. Very... Salmon-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't want it to be pink or red. No, 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 no. It needs to be very light. You know, to really see through it and to have it shine. I remember the first time I had, you know, a, a, a quote-unquote rosé was back in, like in the late 70s, early 80s. And, of course, in America then, all they were doing basically was really just mixing red wine and white wine. And it was so nasty, you Ooh. know. It's kind of it's kind of like, you know, if you drank American wine in the 70s or early 80s, Rosé was almost ruined for you, and Cap Sauv was almost ruined for you. The Cap Sauvs were like basically just yeah. taking a bite out of a tree <laughs> yeah, and not. chewing it. You know, it was just, yeah, it we've was come a long way. Gross, you know. So yeah, so it's so nice to see these come around, and what a wonderful, wonderful wine for summer. You know, it's a perfect summer one. Oh, actually, yeah. well, it's good. Perfect wine for no, anything, I, I agree. Anything, really. I agree. But you like, really do kind of think about sitting oh, out absolutely. the back patio with this because this is this. I mean, any of them, I think could be enjoyed uh, without without food, but this one really is just one of those that you set out. It, the sky is turning a nice milky twilight. The stars are coming out, you know, and you've got some good friends with you, mm-hmm. and you bring this out perfectly chilled, you know, and then you just enjoy that. Maybe with a little cheese. i got to bring oh, yeah. a little cheese It's in. a charcuterie. Uh, Rosés and charcuterie yeah. boards with cheese is yeah. a great one. So tell tell us what we're smelling on the nose here. Yeah, what I really like it's the the berries. It's mm. like a berry pie. It's so yes. the strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries. It's just 
so again, many it smells berries. like summer in a glass. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about walking through a farmer's market at the height of summer, this is you know, especially somebody like you said that has a bunch of fruits out. This this smells mm-hmm. just like it. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's what I. That's what really gets me. But then you do get some softer notes, which is very nice. Yeah, what are, what are we tasting there? Because it, it's very similar, too, isn't it, from what we're smelling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully with my wines I'm able to do, you know, is to give that that same, you know, what you smell is what you taste. Yeah. I think. Mm. It is, gosh. Mm. I could just imagine a nice piece of grilled fish with this, some mm-hmm. nice soft cheeses, you know, um Melons. Melons, yeah, some prosciutto, or well, not prosciutto, some Virginia country ham Virginia. wrapped around. Sur- Suriano some, some, ham. Yes, yeah, some Suriano, definitely wrapped, wrapped around. around. Fig. Some Some figs or some cantaloupe mm-hmm. or some honeydew, you know, and it's mm-hmm. a warm day outside and you're just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's what I get to on the, also on the palate. You do get the the melon actually comes through a little bit. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I definitely, I definitely get some honeydew there, mm-hmm. and yeah. then so get some creaminess. I think you do get some really nice vanilla. It creaminess. almost reminds me not as syrupy, but it almost reminds me of Midori in a way. The the the, the honey mm-hmm. melon liqueur. Oh yeah. Um, you know because it's got that kick, but obviously not the not the same viscosity. But um, but that's yeah, it's so pretty. It's just like, so yeah. pretty. And I've made it so. You can get it's it's predominantly Cabernet Franc from our five five acres uh, of Cabernet one of my Franc and I, varietals, yeah. So I do that I do the Saunier method where we put in a tank and bleed it off later a couple hours later and then I do some just straight to press. Yes. Uh, you know what this would be really good with is a tomato sandwich. With, ma- with the Duke's mayonnaise? Well, I don't. You do mayonnaise. It's the devil's condiment. Satan, <laughs> Satan himself invented mayonnaise as far as I'm concerned, but maybe a nice schmear of some cream cheese. But isn't, I'm not from the South, but isn't that a famous, like, white bread, tomatoes it, it, and mayonnaise is, is, like, the famous it, it, southern it is sandwich? For, it is for people that don't know better, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. But, you know, I had an experience with mayonnaise in August 1970 in suburban Atlanta, and let's just say that mayonnaise and I uh, parted ways at that point. And 50, 51 years later now, yeah, it's still that way. So, <laughs> we yeah. won't go into that. No, we won't go into that's that a whole detail. Other, that's but, a whole other. But, you know, cycle. some nice, you let cream cheese come to oh, room temperature sure, yeah. and smear it on there. That's, that's, that's what I do for a nice tomato sandwich. But this, you know, when, when that tomato is super ripe that's in the right. summer and it tastes more like a fruit than a vegetable, you know, but it's still got just that tang, this would, I think, be so good. Mm-hmm. With that, maybe have a little tea party over and cut them into little fourths and quarters, and you know, get all prissy and everything. <laughs> well, one thing, Gloria, about this- would you like to have another <laughs> glass of rosé with your tomato sandwich? <laughs> Why, yes, thank you, Mildred. <laughs> what I do like about this is you can get it a little because it made it a little bigger. You can get it just a little bit more chilled. Yeah, when, no, on no, a hot I, yeah. day when it's really when you're yes. just like on you're on the back porch and sometimes at six seven o'clock you're it's still it's still warm. ninety degrees still sometimes. ninety degrees you can get it and it's to the point where you know you can get it colder and it won't lose its uh, aromatics so no, you can no. still enjoy it yes and it'll yes. be very refreshing yes with that tomato salmon tomato sandwich sans mayonnaise yes yes but i won't even cheese. go into miracle whip because that might send you into a, oh, a, a, a well, downward that, spiral that, that's just the pure tra- hate. that's just the trailer park version of mayonnaise <laughs> to me yeah 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 no 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 no, no. <laughs> well folks be sure to join our facebook page for more food news that you can use go to facebook.com slash group slash virginia eats and drinks a big thank you to matthew meyer for joining us on the virginia eats and drinks show our podcast we're not a show we're a podcast i keep catching myself you got to listen to our show too for more information on williamsburg winery and make sure to write this down but we're also going to have it online because you've got to go there you've got to try these wines williamsburgwinery.com matthew i want to thank you so much for joining us tonight fun. this was a lot of fun a lot of fun all right cheers to you cheers yes bon appetit <laughs> there we go all right folks thank you for listening
Virginia is a state rich in history, including eats and drinks. And in our Deja Chew segments, we explore the rich stories that flavor the Commonwealth. More than 13,000 years ago, our ancestors came upon an amazing find. Sometimes fruit, as it decayed, would take on a magical quality. The liquid produced in the process of it breaking down had a slight bite to it, and there was a warm feeling when it was consumed. After a while, a sense of euphoria took over. The liquid was wine. For a good part of our human experience, beer, mead, and wine were consumed for a number of reasons. Sometimes it was just for the sheer enjoyment. Sometimes it was taken for medicinal uses, and other times as part of a ritual. Other times still, it was seen as safer to drink than water and consumed as such. These early drinks didn't require a lot of fuss or human involvement, but as techniques advanced, they became more refined and regarded. Distilled spirits were a completely different animal, however. They required advanced materials and technology, and they most likely weren't developed until sometime well after beer and wine were well being drunk. By the 15th century, alchemists, monks, and physicians were routinely practicing the craft, and although they were largely used for medicinal purposes, a growing number of folks drank for enjoyment. By the time Captain Christopher Newport arrived in 1607 with his crew of 103 boys and men at Cape Henry in present-day Virginia Beach as a stop before firmly establishing the Virginia colony, distilled spirits were being widely enjoyed. The English had already been drinking a lot, be it beer, spirits, or wine, but in the early days of the colony, when it was little more than the fledgling fortress Jamestown and some outlying plantations, being self-sufficient with spirits and wine was elusive, and much of what Virginians drank was imported and expensive. Beer was crafted, and it was seen not only as a necessity for the pleasure, but also as a safe alternative to perceived contaminated drinking water. But vinifera grapes did not grow here, and the wine was described as having the taste of a wet dog. Things changed in 1620 when colonist George Thorpe distilled the first batch of whiskey made from corn, what he called corn beer, at present-day Berkeley Plantation, making it the first liquor crafted in what would become English-speaking America. This was the ancestor of both moonshine and bourbon. Over the next four centuries, Virginia's relationship with distilled spirits grew. It reached to events within the state over the next four centuries, Virginia's relationship with distilled spirits grew. It reacted to events within the state and across the nation. Expansion, revolution, civil war, and the war on drinking, known as prohibition. Today, the Commonwealth is firmly established as the birthplace of American spirits. World-class bartenders shake and stir created cocktails crafted from a wide range of offerings from the 80-some distilleries that dot the landscape from the Chesapeake Bay to the Blue Ridge. Cheers to Virginia. For more history plated, visit us at virginiaeatsanddrinks.com. Here's a favorite interview from the archives of the Virginia Eats and Drinks show, heard Friday evenings from 6 until 7, on air in coastal Virginia on AM790 WNIS, and online everywhere at WNIS.com. Across Virginia, there are more than six dozen distilleries crafting everything from bourbon to whiskey. And behind every distillery, there's a distiller and bartenders who craft quality cocktails with the spirits. In our Drinking in the Old Dominion series, we chat with a distiller or bartender and raise a glass to the birthplace of the American spirit. And we are happy to announce that our new book, which celebrates that spirit, comes out this October. It's titled Virginia Distilled, Four Centuries of Drinking in the Old Dominion, and you can pre-order autographed copies now at virginiadistilled.com. Well, tonight, Dave Revis of Three Brothers Distillery is with us, and Dave, how are you doing? It's a beautiful day, Patrick, enjoying a little bit of sunshine, I think. Yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed, and maybe a little bit later, a, a nice cocktail to toast the weekend. And probably watch a thunderstorm roll in while we do. You never know. You never know. Well, so what What got you interested in distilling, Dave? You, you know, there there's a lot of great spirits across the United States from, from the big guys. Um, but the thing that always struck me is, is the uniformity across brands. There wasn't a lot of diversity um, in product. And having been to Europe and, and got to experience some non- traditional American spirits, I realized there was a lot of opportunity in, in the marketplace for something that was a little more old school, uh, pre-prohibition uh, 
cocktails and spirits were a big influence to me, and and I wanted to bring back some of that excitement of American spirits that existed during, you know, when when the Great Gatsby era. You know, oh yeah, excitement to to be involved in, in what was going on in America as far as the spirits and cocktails. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, so now, what? Where did you get your training with, with being a distiller? Um, well, it's, it's all OJT. Um, I mean, you start off with the basics, right? If, if you if you distill distilling down to its bare roots, it's it's biology, chemistry, and and uh, and then or in biochemistry. Um, and so I, I have a degree, associate's degree in in organic chemistry and biology, um, and that kind of took most of the basics of it. And then it was um, doing some some OJT. Uh, events at other distilleries across the United States to to kind of the the secret sauce, if you will, of of running a still and 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 then then from a business standpoint, uh, running a business. Yes, because of course I would never have done anything illegal. No, <laughs> no. Although although that's kind of what a lot of the foundation of of what we enjoy today was built on. But yes, it's it's something now that a- we've absolutely there's, yes. There's a we moved past a long that history both. Across Appalachia, especially on the western side of the state, there's, you know, when you talk about people like Popcorn Sutton um, and Tim Smith's dad, uh, Junior Johnson's father, those, those guys were, you know, laying the groundwork for all that we do today in distilling and, and having the opportunity to provide a craft industry. Um, you know, those guys were, were maybe not legal, but they were definitely doing amazing things uh, for the craft as a whole. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, when did Three Brothers D- Distillery get started? Um, so I, I came up with this bright idea in 2012, and I, I came home one day all excited, and I looked at my wife, and I said, Honey, I think I'm going to open a distillery. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> and, and she looked at me and went, That's nice, dear, and walked away. <laughs> and, and, I, and a year later, I came home. I said, hey, honey, check out my business plan for this distillery I'm going to open. And she looked at it and went, that's nice, dear, and walked away. And about six <laughs> months later, I came home and said, hey, honey, I just got an investment check for the distillery. And she went, that's nice. Wait, what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, in 2012 was when I started chasing the dream. Uh, we we worked through some, you know the business plan, trying to figure it out. We actually broke ground in 2015 um, at our at our distillery location out in Sussex County, and then in 2017, uh, the week of my birthday, we uh, opened for production. Wow! That's... Uh, in March of 2017. Now tell folks where you're located, Dave. So we're located in Sussex on the northwest corner of Sussex County, right on the Prince George Sussex County line. We are about four miles past Waverly on your way to Petersburg, and we're 10 minutes off of 460 right there at the Grain Elevator, the Smithfield Grain Elevator. Uh, you turn there, and we're just 10 minutes down the road there. So folks can come, and they can visit. They can pick up a bottle. They can do a tasting. Yep. We, d- we are open normally Saturdays from 10 to 5 for tastings and, su- and any other day by appointment for groups of 10 or more. Um, we love to have special events for people, and we love uh, people who come out on Saturday and hang out with us. Uh, we do tours, tastings, uh, to include flights and cocktails. And, of course, you're always going to hear great sea stories and some terrible dad jokes because uh, I'm retired Navy, and I'm a dad <laughs> joke uh, champion of repute. So uh, you're going to get a little bit of both of those if you come out, but it's always a good time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, um so, so but folks can also find you in the ABC stores, is that right? That is correct. Uh, we are special order in all of ABC, and there's about 22 stores uh, that carry um, each of our products. Okay, excellent. Uh, right now in ABC, you can pick up our Silver Dolphin Gin or Kublam Corn Whiskey, but some exciting news, we are actually getting ready to release this summer, by the end of summer, um, our rum, which is going to be called Goat Locker. Okay. Uh, after the Navy Chief. Navy. Now. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then our our rye whiskey that that's been in the barrel for four and a half years will be coming out, and that's going to be called Steel Fish. Okay. Excellent. Well, you you tease some of the others, but what are what are your current products? And tell us a little bit about so, those. So, 
So the Silver Dolphin Gin, which is our Naval Strength 114 proof compound gin, it's a it's a it's interesting to see it on the shelf. It's probably the only brown sh- uh, gin you'll see on the shelf, and the reason it's brown is because we don't redistill after we add all our botanicals. It's a very big botanical flavoring gin, um, and one of the cocktails we sent you the, uh, before the show there, Patrick, was the Negroni. Yes. And our gin makes a fantastic Negroni, um, which is a great, you know, savory-style cocktail. And what's really great is our gin, because of its big, bold botanicals, is absolutely standing up to the Campari that normally dominates in a Negroni and really creates a nice, balanced cocktail. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then our corn whiskey is its a clear whiskey because we don't age it. Um, it's a bourbon mash bill, 70% corn, 20% barley, 10% rye. And uh, it's a its a classic, just clean uh, whiskey. We make really tight uh, cuts between our, our heads and hearts and our hearts and our tails. Um, so we're really picky about where we collect that hearts from. We really want that premium taste, even though it's an unaged product. So you get a nice, very clean pop of corn flavor, a little little spicy pepper in the middle from the rye and a little smoke mm. on the end from the malted barley. Um, really just a clean tasting whiskey that's just great with uh, ginger and lime. Uh, makes a fantastic whiskey pineapple punch. And my personal favorite, which is a Bloody Mary. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with a Bloody Mary, that's for sure. In fact, uh, in our show uh, this evening, we're going to be talking to Ryan Hines of the Rustic Spoon in Virginia Beach. And uh, we're going to be talking about National Bacon Day coming up on uh, August 31st. And they have a delicious Bloody Bacon Bloody Mary. And, uh, yeah, which I think would probably be good with some some of those some of your spirits in it. I was going to say, we just got to talk him into using Kablam for that Bloody Mary. That's right. Set it over the top. I will put it in a good word for you, no doubt. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, you you have shared some amazing cocktails. I love I love the sound of all of these. The Smooth Criminal, uh, like you said, the Silky Negroni, and then the Garden Party. And, folks, we're going to have um, those recipes and more information about Three Brothers online. Uh, so you're going to want to make shake these up. You know, Labor Day's coming up, and so you can make some of these. That Garden Party sounds like it'd be perfect for a nice Labor Day uh, outing and all there too so be sure to get online join our facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash virginia eats and drinks and for more information on three brothers distillery visit three brothers and david it's always a delight to chat with you it's even more delight when you're in studio with us and we can share a drink or two so we'll have to do that again soon but but it's always great to talk to you and and to to tell everybody about your great products i appreciate it patrick i always appreciate being on your show we love uh when we get to spend time and hang out with you guys in the studio it's always a fun time full of laughs and good drinks so uh Always look forward to it, and uh, can't wait to see you out at the distillery when you get a chance to come out and see us again. It's a deal. Well, cheers to a great weekend. Cheers to you, Patrick. Talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Virginia Eats and Drinks podcast, serving you all the food news that you can use wherever you listen to your podcast. Be sure to join us again, and for more information on Virginia Eats and Drinks, visit virginiaeatsanddrinks.com. I'm your host, Patrick Evans-Hilton.